Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Let it Good evening. How's everyone doing this evening? Amen. Hello, Chevelle. Good evening, Belinda Perry. Prudence, Mimi, Vicky. Good evening. Good evening, Reverend Bonner. Coach Latanya, Priscilla, I see you on. Minister Leah, Madeline, God bless you. Pastor D, good evening, Dixie. Hello, Will. Carla, Jeanette, Minister Leah, God bless you. I see y'all in the house. Crystal Green, Nicole, Pastor Booker, Minister Caritha. Hello, Elsie. Lydia Cordova, y'all was in there getting the first front row seats to this movie theater, huh? Coach Ebony, good evening. I see y'all guys coming in strong. Hello, Pastor Audria Ashley, reporting to duty. All right. Looks like I've just about hit everyone as they're coming in. We're up to 60 already, so it looks like we're moving along just fine. All right. New prescriptions. I don't know if I can take them right now. Too strong on my eyes. Come on in, come on in, come on in where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And his mercies endure forever. That's right, Charity. Thank you. We go ahead and start. We're going to hit like. 
Let's hit like and share. Hit like and share. Minister and Pastor Bowling. Minister Tasha has the best seat in the house. Carla, good evening. I got the wrong lights on. I'll get that while y'all are getting in here. I just flew in here from dinner. We had a special birthday dinner with the Reverend, the right Reverend Ronald Bonner and his illustrious sidekick, his homie and his wife, Reverend Corindus. So bless God. And I think I still have it on Wi-Fi. So let me turn off this Wi-Fi. So we're not blurring. We should be coming in soon, much clearer. Okay, that should look much better now. All right, I take it y'all can hear me. Can I get a couple thumbs up if you can hear me? Couple thumbs up if you can hear me. Come on, procrastinators. Thank you, Minister Ebony. Good. Thank you, Madeline, for the thumbs up. All right. This is wonderful. Good. I see you. Yes, I see you, Kayla. I see you, Adelita. I see you, Darlene. God bless you, Carol. Candy. Very good. Loud and clear. Thank you, Pastor Booker. Deborah Johnson. Hello. Good. It should be a lot better in here now because... I uh, had the Wi-Fi on from being in my church office last night, but now in my home office, I can have Ethernet. Very good. Good to see everyone on here tonight. How you doing? If you got your 30 and 30, go ahead and put your score up. If you got your 30 and 30, go ahead and put your score up. You know how we do. We have no problem being honest and vulnerable because we highly esteem ourselves. And we know that this isn't a punishment. This is good for our life and good for our soul. That's right. Put your score up. As much as y'all like to debate with the teacher, there is no B, there is no B plus, there is no D. It's an A or an F. We're either all in on the 30 for 30 today or all out. Yeah, it's all right. Hopefully you'll make up with it tomorrow. It's about you. How much do you esteem yourself? How important is good health to you? I worked hard today. Thank you, Lord. All righty. So we had a very good spot. We learned a lot last night, right? I see the grades coming up. So welcome to group therapy. This month's decision, um, discussion is self-esteem and self-love. I am your host, Apostle Dr. Suzanne Howard, and we are working our way on down the road. We are on our 19th day, so we have uh, just over 12 days to finish. We are done. 
Isn't that amazing? Can y'all believe y'all spent 30 evenings with me? Talk about a church revival. We've been together 30 evenings straight. See, this new church don't even know how to do a revival two, three nights in a row. We did 30 evenings straight. It helps that we didn't have to get in our cars and drive anywhere and rush home to get the kids homework done, bathe, ready for bed and all that stuff that we have to do to get ready for work the next day, right? It helped. However, we still have been in revival. I am so proud of us. That is beautiful. Carla, Ashley says, determined. Pastor Beverly said, yes. Amen to you, Will. I don't want to be done either, Leah and Ashley. Bless God. It's only just begun. I don't think I know the next line. Y'all know me. I only know one-liners. Two. Is it love or live or shine or something like that? We've only just begun. I'm as excited as you all are. It's wonderful to go through this again to even rate my own self. You know, we learned the other night that cognitive behavioral therapy is really the method that as human beings, we are all broken vessels. So whether I'm the coach, the teacher, the apostle, the Christian, I'm still a broken human being. And I have to deal with my broken, fallen humanity like anyone else. We may be dynamite in the spirit. We may be fire of the Holy Ghost in the spirit. But our humanity is broken humanity. So hello and welcome. Okay, there's about 88 of you on here now on all of the combined social media platforms. Welcome. Looks like we're doing fine. All right. We um, went through our assessment last night, right? Our one-on-one -on -one assessment, nothing that needed to be turned in, just the assessment that you did with me for your own reference so that you would understand when you sign up for coaching for the rest of the year, sign up for 12 months of coaching, we're going to go into these detailed, very detailed. So instead of just hearing the reading and enlightening you with some revelation, some data, some information, you're actually going to go through the processes and the steps with a trained certified coach. Amen. And uh, Minister Maria and Prophet Minister LaTanya are already in the certified mental health training. So they're getting double doses. So we're getting ready for the people of God. So we went through a lot of that. We learned a little bit about um, some of the scores showed that we were passive aggressive. Some of the scores showed that we have a genuine lack of desire. Some of the scored showed that our mindset was more of putting the cart before the horse. Um, some of our mindsets came up with a fear of failure, um, unassertiveness, which is passive, passivity. So we learned a lot by taking this um, 20 point questionnaire. We learned a lot about ourselves. So um, we can do more work on that as well. I want to start out with an awesome, powerful one liner tonight. You hear the drum roll? Good. Here's the drum roll. The one liner that I want to start out with tonight is procrastination is a choice. Somebody put that on the screen for me. 
Procrastination is a choice. There's more to it, but that's the first three, four letters, four words I wanted to give you. That's right. They're helping their, giving shout out to their coaches tonight. Beautiful. Procrastination is a choice. Let me finish the statement now. Procrastination is a choice you make. And you make this choice knowingly and intentionally. Can we be honest with that right there? Can we go ahead and be honest with that? Procrastination is a choice like anything else in life. When I talk to people and they say, well, you know, I really don't have a choice. I say, you always have a choice. You're just learning to choose better. You're choosing wisely. When you make statements such as, well, I don't have a choice. You know, I'm doing this because I don't have a choice. I'll say to someone, I'm very proud of you. You're finishing this and you're coming along so well. And they say, I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. And that mindset right there is a mindset of powerlessness. You don't know who you are. You don't know your power. We all have choice. Even God gave us a choice. He's so gracious and merciful to us. He even gives us a choice in choosing him or not. We always have a choice. And we have to be honest tonight. Procrastination is a choice. And it's a choice that we make, you and I, we make this choice, we make it knowingly, and we do it intentionally. Now, if we can breathe that in and breathe that out, then we can go ahead and be honest that there's a reason behind this choice that I knowingly and intentionally make. There is a core belief. There is an internal system of beliefs that I've come to believe in my life that are probably very inaccurate. That's why the fruit from this belief, whatever the belief is, whatever the fruit is, the fruit is procrastination. The root I need to find out because there is something that you bought into. There's a lie. There's a belief system that you bought into that it keeps maintenance. It keeps feeding this procrastination. So that over and over and over again, at very important times in our life, at very important um, crossroads in our lives, we knowingly and with intent, you understand that? Intentionally means with intent. I knowingly and intentionally procrastinate because I have a choice. Very good, Keisha. Very good. But often we like to keep our motives for this choice we've made. We want to keep it hidden. We want to keep it hidden so that we can act helpless as if procrastination were some type of illness or disability like the flu or a broken leg. It may feel more acceptable to say I want to, but I just can't seem to get around it. Remember that we are all free to choose if we will or if we won't do something. Sometimes making the conscious choice to procrastinate can be the first step 
and conquering your habit. Let me read that statement again. I'm going to read both sentences to you. Remember that we are all free to choose if we will or if we won't do something. Sometimes making the conscious choice to procrastinate can be the first step in conquering this habit. I once treated, let me give you an exercise, a story here. I once treated a young man from Israel who told me he procrastinated and just about everything. His room was a mess. He was way behind at work. He hadn't had a haircut for months and he hadn't even opened six letters from parents and friends. He told me he had procrastinated for nine months in filling out his medical insurance forms so he could get reimbursement for his psychotherapy sessions. Do you remember last night when I shared that there was a time I didn't even pay my bills and I had the money in the bank. It wasn't a money problem. It was a procrastination problem. And I had to get down to the root and find out what was my issue. Was it with paying bills? Was it with releasing money? Did it make me feel um, not secure when money made me feel so I had to get to the root to find out what was my issue with this. And this guy was paying for his psychotherapy sessions and he was able to get reimbursed for it. What does that mean? He was able to get paid back. He was able to get cash back in his hand for his sessions. And he had even procrastinated about getting his money. He procrastinated even though he was short on cash and desperately needed money. Now, you know, that's something when you desperately need money and it's right there accessible to you and you won't even take the steps necessary to get it. Something is going on and it's more than laziness. Something is going on in the soul. It's more than laziness. He procrastinated even though he had needs in his life and his needs were being met. He couldn't even, let's take it to the Bible, pick up his mat and walk. His healing was right there and he couldn't even make it to the water that was already steered up for his healing. When he did the procrastination cost benefit analysis, we went over it last night, he was able to list 15 advantages of putting off the insurance forms for another week. There were many tangible and hidden benefits for his mind. What does that mean? Doesn't mean that they were really advantages. But if you believe it to be an advantage, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's a belief that you have. And that belief system becomes the government to the rest of your body. That is the state that has to follow its regulations from the government. So it doesn't even matter. If we could look at it and say, that's just ridiculous. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is if I believe it. It doesn't matter how pathetic it is if I believe it. If I believe it, the fruit is going to manifest of my belief. 
So picking on a belief isn't going to, or, or picking on someone's uh, bad habits, such as procrastination, isn't going to cause anyone or even yourself to change. What's going to change is why are you procrastinating? Procrastination is just a symptom. There's something greater going on in this vessel. For him, he believed in very tangible and hidden benefits to him. For one thing, he had recently taken dancing lessons and loved going out late every night to the clubs. In addition, he had the fantasy of being a prince who didn't have to do any work, no hard work or boring jobs. Y'all listen to this. Once he saw all these advantages, he made a firm commitment not to do any work at all on the insurance forms for another whole week. I made him promise not to do even five minutes worth of work on the forms for seven days. He said this decision gave him a tremendous sense of relief. Let's see if y'all can catch it and tell what's going on. When I saw him about 10 days later, he said that as the week went by, he became more and more restless about the insurance forms. He found, listen to this, listen to the psychology of who we are as human beings. He found that he actually wanted to fill them out, but kept his promise and did not touch them. At the end of the seventh day, he promptly sat down and finished all of them in about 15 minutes. How many of y'all got something to do that you know you can be done in just 15 minutes? He said it had been incredibly easy and he even felt exhilarated. If you also find that the advantages of procrastination outweigh the disadvantages, then you can also make a conscious decision not to do the task. If after a period of time, you discover that there are unexpected negative consequences of procrastinating, then you may want to repeat the cost benefit analysis that we did last night. Remember we had to write down all the advantages in our mind. I gave you some examples of the advantages. Good. I see hands up. And then I asked you on the other side of the scale to write down what you believe are disadvantages. What is the price that you are paying by procrastinating? If you decide that the disadvantages of procrastination are greater than the advantages, I want you to pass one more acid test of your motivation before getting started. In order to be really sure, I want you to list the disadvantages of getting started today on the right-hand column of a piece of paper, and then the disadvantages of getting started today may include things like this. Let me provoke your thinking here so we know where we are. The job may be difficult and boring. That's a big one too, guys. How many of you just don't want to do something because it's just boring? You just don't want to do it. It's boring. You can just as easily do it some other day. That's probably the, one of the main ones. I can do it another day. Why get it? Why waste a beautiful day doing this? 
Oh, it's raining out. I just want to relax today. Oh, the sun is out. I don't want to work today. We find all these reasons. We just don't want to do it. There are more rewarding things to do instead. The task may even seem overwhelming. The other end of something that seems boring. And then another thought, your efforts would just be a drop in the bucket. Kind of like, why even bother at this point? I'm so behind. It's not going to make a difference at all now. And then, you know, when crunch time comes, you're going to start pushing yourself then. And now your little drop in the bucket all of a sudden matters. So once you've listed the disadvantages, I just gave you five thought provoking, helpful hints. Now I want you to list the advantages of getting started today in the left hand column on a piece of paper. Finally, weigh the advantages of getting started against the disadvantages. There's a scale that we use in coaching that we would weigh them against for you in our discussions, but just for your own rights, just write them down on each side of your paper and take a look and say, wow, you're probably going to say something like my mind is really sick. Like I have like one thing that I really believe that is, is coming out of not doing this. The rest, I have to be honest in that I realize it's all disadvantages to me. I'm paying a heavy price. What's the price you're paying? Has there been a reputation formed around your work behavior of procrastination? Has your friends labeled you one way or another because they know you as a procrastinator? How about on the job? Are promotions and opportunities passing you by because you're known as a procrastinator? How about in school? They know that your papers are written the night before because you didn't go as far as you could grammatically. Your sentence structure was short. You only had a couple pages done when you could have had between eight and 12 pages. You chose to do the eight because you were just flying that kite at the last midnight hour of needing to turn that paper in. And you probably could have used the extra grade to pull it up because if you're a procrastinator, everything's being short. You're short everywhere because you're not esteeming your things as yourself. You're not esteeming yourself as worthy. I esteem myself. So therefore the things that I'm responsible for, the things that I'm accountable for, the things that I am involved in should be esteemed the way I esteem myself. Otherwise, I shouldn't be involved in them. I shouldn't be a part of it and I shouldn't be invested in it. If you esteem yourself highly, the things you have to do, no matter how short the document is, how boring something may be, how much of an advantage or a disadvantage it may be, it has to be important because you are important. It's exhausting. Exactly. All right. So what's the idea behind this assessment? It's the same principle at work. Essentially, you procrastinate because on some level, you really want to do exactly that. You procrastinate because on some level, you want to do exactly that. Unless the advantages of getting started now outweigh the disadvantages, You'll just stay stuck in the same rut. The purpose of these lists that I had you write, the advantages and the disadvantages, is to bring out to you some of the hidden motives, the hidden benefits, the hidden beliefs 
of procrastination to your conscious awareness. We want you to see on paper. We want you to pay attention to what you really believe and to see it on paper is a rude awakening even when it's been inside of you and that behavior has existed in you for a long, long time. It's the same principle. Essentially, you procrastinate because on some level, you really want to do exactly that. Wow. The purpose of the list is to bring to your attention your hidden benefits of procrastination and bring it to an awareness of your consciousness. Once you understand your motivation, you'll have a greater chance to change it. If you want to give up all those benefits, you'll then be ready for action. After the demonstration, the advantages and disadvantages, you'll have a chance to practice it with someone else in a group. If you are not in a group, you can practice with a friend or someone in your home or even do this exercise in front of your own mirror. Here's how it works. Are y'all ready? A man named Michael procrastinates about cleaning up his garage and junk has been piling up for years. Michael's wife nags him to get it done. He tells her he will clean it up, but he never does. He never seems to get around to it. This is a source of constant irritation in their marriage. He is puzzled about why he can't seem to get around to doing it and sees this as a mysterious problem. According to his cost benefit analysis, he sees lots of advantages in cleaning the garage and lots of disadvantages and procrastinating. And yet, in spite of his best intentions, Michael has put off cleaning the garage for 18 months. Do I have any 18 month investors in procrastination here? Come on, let's take a moment and get free. Let's breathe in, breathe out. Come on, breathe in, breathe out. Come on, you know our mantra here. God took the time to breathe the breath of life into man. Breathe in. And then we became a living soul. Breathe out. The psychology in us turned on. We became aware when God breathed the breath of life into us. And we became living, living beings. That's the key right there. 18 months, there's something you needed to do. And it's not done yet. Think of it this way or approximately 500 days in a row for 18 months, 500 days in a row. Michael did not get the garage and all that junk from piling up. Whenever Michael thinks about cleaning the garage, he has lots of negative thoughts like this. Let's unpack. Michael's mindset. Let's unpack how he's processing this particular area of procrastination, the garage, the junk. Let's unpack for Michael the thoughts that he's having 
and what the thoughts in his mind are actually telling him about himself. How about that? We're going to unpack his thoughts. His thoughts are compartmentalized. We're going to open that box and we're going to begin to unpack everything that's in his box so we can begin to show him this is not really a big mystery, but we're going to help you unpack the junk that's in your garage is probably the junk that's compartmentalized as a mindset in your mind. And that's why you can't do it. And because you're not getting to it, guess what's happening? There's a lot of negative thoughts that's going around on this issue. So here we go again, back to maintenance. If you want a flower to grow, what do you do? You water it, you give it sunlight. Sometimes you might put a little plant food in it. Sometimes it outgrows the pot and you have to transfer it to another pot. Okay. Those are the thoughts. If you want something to grow, if you want something to die, you stop giving it the life support. You stop giving it the resources that maintains its life. Think of it when it comes to procrastination. There are things that you are giving procrastination that's maintaining procrastination in your life. Just like water and sunlight is to the growth and the nutrients of a plant. What is it that you are feeding procrastination that it's staying in your life and has literally taken control of your life? What is it? Well, let's unpack Michael's. We'll use him so we won't have to pick on ourselves tonight. Number one, there's 10 different mindsets, 10 different negative thoughts that we're actually going to unpack and we're going to see if we can help Michael out. Number one, I really should do it, but I'm not in the mood. So we should circle on that one mood because it would help Michael some benefit here to talk to himself. And if he talked to himself here, he would say something like, Michael, feelings are not facts. And you getting this garage cleaned up is causing problems in your marriage. It's filth in your house. And the junk in the garage is actually becoming junk in your marriage. It's weighing you down. So, Michael, we need to understand that facts aren't feelings. And we need to get up and go in there and start something. Start with one pile, Michael. Sometimes, you know, we can really start with one pile and stop right there and be very proud of ourselves and never get back. But we did start. So that's part of the trick. Or we could go in there and start the pile and end up finishing the whole thing. Because once we get doing the project that we're procrastinating, we have to be honest here. It has to be a high number, like nine out of 10 times. We really feel good about what we started and we don't want to stop now. It's the getting started that seems to be the problem. So I really should do it, but I'm not in the mood. So we got a mood issue here. Number two, I can do it a little later. I'll wait until I feel more like it. So now we're back with feelings again. We got feelings. We got moods. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Ashley has a testimony. Very, very good. End up finishing it all. And I felt good about it. And it looks great. Absolutely. Congratulations to you. And that's just starting. Imagine if you had this consistently going in your life for at least 12 months 
until you're able to do it on your own, what you would be able to accomplish in your life. Come on. Latanya put up number two. Thank you. Number two said, I can do it a little later. I'll wait until I feel more like it. The first one, I'm not in the mood. You see all this stuff that's dictating our responsibilities. Number three, just think of all the junk in the garage. There must be a mountain of it. Hmm. Anyone know what, what's going on here? I think I hear right now over catastrophizing. There is a mountain of it. All that junk in the garage. Doesn't it sound like now the mind is getting overwhelmed? So now what are we doing? Overgeneralizing things, right? Number four. Let me get number three up because I'm getting ready to move to number four. Very good. Just think of all the junk in there. There must be a mountain of it. Remember those distorted thoughts? What was there? Was there about maybe 20 of them? I wish I could flip to it tonight, but I can't because I'm already using this for my reading material. But there's like 20 thoughts. Um, and these are the, the negative thoughts that feeds a mindset that feeds your bad habits. Number four, it will take forever. It will take forever. Nope. Doesn't sound like he's a hoarder because she's only complaining about one place. That's the garage. Probably the, one of the main places he's responsible for. Mm -hmm. All right, Candace, let me put you up there. You're knocking this one out. Look what he's doing. He's dealing with moods, feelings, and overgeneralizing. And everything is a catastrophe. All of a sudden, it's a mountain. It's a mountain because it's taking you over 18 months to get to it. Number four, it will take forever. You see how we, he's slowly talking himself out of it. Instead of finding thoughts to talk himself into it, he's talking himself out of it. Number five, even if I do get started, it will just be a drop in the bucket. I better wait until I have a three-day weekend. Yeah, that one has set me up before. Has it set anyone else up before? Mm-hmm. A three-day weekend. And guess what happens on that three-day weekend? Oh, I'm going to enjoy myself. I got a three-day weekend. Project out the window again. Because it will take forever. And then the fifth one I said, even if I do get started, it will be a drop in the bucket. I better wait until I have a three-day weekend. Number five. Interesting. Does anyone notice how he's talking himself out of it? Like literally, because he's not, he doesn't have his, his daily log out, he's not even paying attention that the reason he's not getting it done, the reason he's not motivated to get it done, because all of his automatic thoughts are already ministering to him. They're already telling him, uh-uh, wait for a three-day weekend. This is going to take forever. There's a mountain of junk in that garage. You can do it later when you feel more like it. I'm just not in the mood. You'll get a mood where you'll feel like doing it. And you might. I think Pastor D just posted something good up there. He's building a case for not doing it. Absolutely. I thought you said he's being bullied. And that's another thought. When you're being bullied by your thoughts. 
when you are being bullied by negative thoughts, not even from the outside. And if he's not aware that he's having these thoughts, that they're random, they're sporadic, and they're automatic, you don't even have to do anything, they're automatic thoughts. And they come from a place of esteem issues where he's not esteeming himself high enough. So these automatic thoughts, random, sporadic as they are, they're happening all the time to him. And he doesn't know why he's constantly talked out of doing the things he needs to do. Look at the power of the mind being bullied by negative thoughts. Maybe I should change that to the title of my book. I like that one. All right, let's go down to number six, fellas. I have other more important things to do right now. I actually have time to relax and sit back and watch the football game on TV. Here we go. Karen dropped her first mic tonight. I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Now we're already finding something to do that we enjoy. So as Christians, we're feeding our flesh now. So you know what happens when that starts happening. We want more feeding of the flesh and more, and we don't want to be responsible for what we have to do. I have other more important things to do. Number seven, it will be really exhausting. Look at the thoughts, y'all. And when, when this doctor went through this automatic thought log with Michael just over the garage in the junk, the, the junk that's in the garage, he came up with 10 negative thoughts. It's so different to see it or to hear it the way you guys are able to hear it because his mind is really talking him out of doing something. And just imagine how often these thoughts are going. They're, remember, they're sporadic. They're, they're, they're um, automatic and they're random. So that means he could be in church worshiping. Oh, it's a nice day after church. I'm just going to go and uh, hang out for a little while. I'm, I'm not going to even bother to go and uh, clean out that garage. Even during worship, driving, he's being bullied by negative thoughts constantly. And there's such a barrage. But because we're always busy doing things in the conscious moment, he doesn't realize subconsciously in the back of his mind, these thoughts are talking him out of what he needs to do. Number eight, once I'm done, it's just going to get messy again. <laughs> That's a major one. That one, I don't deal with right there because I always tell myself, I'm going to keep it up after this. Peyton, you got to keep your room together after this. We're never going to get it like this again. And then like, what, three months later, maybe it happens again. So I, I haven't gotten to that one yet where I say, why bother to clean? It's just going to get messy again. I fool myself that it's never going to get like this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Talking himself out of it. Once I'm done, it would just get messy again. Go ahead, Pastor Vale. That is definitely stinking thinking. And isn't it sad that our thinking is so strong? that we don't even know it's playing like music in the background when you're in the mall shopping and all of a sudden you shop and you start dancing and you don't even know why you're dancing because there's music that's playing in the mall 
and you're not even aware of it, you haven't picked it. It's not even probably a song you have to like, but it's constantly going on in the background of your mind. And you think that you're in the conscious moment going through the clothes rack, looking at what you want, but there's a constant message that's going on. It's the same way. Let's see what else Michael's dealing with. They unpacked him. This brother got real in his office visit. Number nine, why is my wife such a nag? Ooh, blaming. Hey, brother Charles, why is my wife such a nag? What's so important about the garage anyway? It's fine the way it is. It's a garage. Why is my wife such a nag? So if I was with all um, training coaches tonight, we would unpack this. And part of your assignment, y'all listening coaches, part of y'all assignment would really be to now go to the 20 terms for distorted thinking, you know, such as labeling, assuming, blaming. Remember that list? I posted it on Wix. It's on the event page under discussion. Go take a look and name all the labels and assuming and catastrophizing and overgeneralizing and blaming all of the negative thoughts that come out of not esteeming oneself highly. That's right, Minister Jerry. Now he's blaming. Why is my wife such a nag? He goes on with that thought. What's so important about the garage anyway? It's fine the way it is. Mm-hmm. Blaming. Let's go down to the last thought. Number 10. Why don't we have sex more often? I shouldn't have to clean the garage if we're not having sex. Ooh, now the garage done got what? I'm not even going to tell y'all. I'm going to sip my tea. Out of those, I think it was 20, right? Was it 13 or 20 thoughts? I wish I could go back. I would help y'all. But I want you to tell me that statement right there. What is he doing? Now, he already blamed her in number nine. Number 10, what is he doing? We don't have sex enough, so I'm not going to clean the garage until we have sex. Let me see if y'all get it. I know I'm not with coaches tonight, but I have to believe that I've brought some level of awareness to y'all spending this time together. Pastor D, ding, 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 ding. He's personalizing. He's personalizing. Now he's making it personal. She's not attacking him. She's asking him to clean the garage, which means he already promised that he was going to clean the garage. So what did he do now? Now he's making it personal. And if you know anything about statements like this, now, as the church would say, the spirit of. Now, you know, manipulation is moving in here now because now he's thought about he's going to come in the house. You know what? I'm not cleaning the garage until we start having sex or until we start having more sex, which she's probably right about, but that's a totally separate issue. You can't bring up sex, washing clothes and cooking when you promise that you were going to get this garage done and it was going to be done. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's definitely one. I think we kind of read that. Um, it just was termed differently, Doris, but very good. You're on it. He personalized this thing. Now he made it, a, first he went into blame. Then he made it um, into personalizing up at the top. He did a should. Did y'all hear the should? I didn't want to give you away on that one. That, that number one, I really should do it, but I'm not in the mood. Now he's dealing with the shoulds in case you were under, trying to understand how does the should fit in, right? This is so good. This stuff gets me so excited. 
I wish Michael was in my office right now because we would definitely get on a Tyrion session right here. What about the curtains? All right, I don't see y'all saying anything, but this is very, very informative because remember all of these thoughts, they're confined to that. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's some of the main characters that show up in stinking thinking. Do we need to go over that list or do y'all have it? Tell me, because I'll turn a few pages back and I'll read it if I have to. Dealing with the shoulds. I'm waiting to see what y'all tell me. Pastor D, I think she said she had it. That went by so fast. I'm waiting. Do we need to go over that list briefly or do y'all have it? How many want to go over the list? How many have it? <laughs> I don't know what yes means. How many has the list? How many want to go over it? Okay, you have it. Very good. So make sure you go over the list because these are the same cousins that talk to Jerry that's talking to you. Um, I mean, Michael, imagine that you are Michael. We will attack these negative thoughts with the devil advocates technique. The devil advocates technique is similar to externalization of voices that we learned back then. In this way, you get a partner and you talk back to him or her in a role-playing situation, just as if you were talking to another person. However, the other person is simply an extension of your mind. I'm really going to give you all this tonight. This is really one of the, um, I'm, I'm really going to ask for you to do this soul work. And I want you to do this with someone between tonight and tomorrow night and talk to me about what's going on. And maybe we can even have you come on here with me on a live and we can just talk to people about what your experience is. I really want you to do this because you think you have it when you're when you're sitting in the presence of the teacher. But when the teacher is absent and now you have to know how to work the revolver, put it in the holster, how to clean it. It was easy when the teacher was doing it in front of us. It looked easy. It was steps. But now that the teacher isn't here. Now, what do we do? So we're going to do a little bit of this role playing situation as if we were talking to another person. So I have to give you soul work. That's correct, Pastor D. So remember, the other person that you're talking to is an extension of your own mind. Well, how does that work? You can even do this in a mirror. Select a partner who will volunteer to play the role of the thoughts that make you dread cleaning out the garage or whatever your procrastination point is. Your partner will tempt you like the devil and try to persuade you that you really shouldn't clean the garage today. Your partner advocates the status quo. You in turn will argue and insist that you really do want to get started on the garage today. The dialogue might go something like this. Let me give you an example. The partner, okay? Partner. It's really too late to get started on cleaning out the garage today. You're tired. Tomorrow will be a better day. You representing your positive thoughts, 
will say something like, well, I really should get it done. Then your partner will come back at you again, playing the devil advocate, playing you against your own thoughts. It's really late. If you can't get much done today, why start today? You have to come back and challenge your partner's thought. So you might say something like, even if I only work in there for 15 minutes, at least I will get started. That would be something. Here comes your partner, that devil's advocate. That would be a drop in the bucket. Besides, it would be cold and dark out there. You're all tired out and it would be more fun to have a beer and watch a little TV. There may be a good game on even. You can wait even until a long weekend to do the garage. Then you can get a whole lot done. Okay, that's your enemy. And you have to come back and give another thought to the enemy. Yes, but my wife has been nagging me and I can get her off my back if I get it started. Hallelujah. Here comes your enemy again. Yes, but your wife is a real nag anyhow. And she doesn't seem to appreciate you very much. See, now that's a big point right there. Because this right there, guys, when I'm listening to you talk, I've been trained to catch your automatic thoughts and to catch your core beliefs. Now we are getting really, really close to Michael's core belief. Let me read it again to you so you can hear it. And remember, this is just his thoughts talking. So we don't give much weight to our thought. But listen, yes, but your wife is a real nag. And she doesn't seem to appreciate you very much. Boom. That's a core problem for him right there. He doesn't feel appreciated, which probably goes back to something in his childhood. So he doesn't have the mm, to go and clean the garage because he doesn't appreciate himself. And he has a problem because nobody else is appreciating him. But remember, if you don't have self-appreciation, people are only going to treat you the way they see you treat yourself. There's a core belief in that statement. Yes, but your wife is a real nag and doesn't seem to appreciate you very much. If you have a couple of beers, you won't mind so much. Why should you break your butt for her? Mm -mm -mm. Now you have to come back at him, your partner. But this is ruining our marriage. And I love my wife. She's annoyed and we practically never have sex. Here comes the partner back at him one more time. Yes, but you shouldn't have to clean the garage just to have sex with your wife. After all, you slave away 60 hours a week at the office and all she does is gripe at you when you get home. You deserve better. The garage can wait for a better day. Let me show you guys something. Let's see if you remember this. Let's see if you remember this. Do I still have it saved here? I do. Look at this form. I've just put on the screen. I don't know how to remove the comments, but you can see it around the comments for now. There we go. This, um, the, the second part of the form, the second portion that says analysis, analysis of your thoughts, all of those initial responses are what we just read, the partner. And then on the right hand side where it says reasonable response is what you are going to say back to what you 
uh, initial responses are saying. So an initial response column, it's going to say something like, it's really too late to get started on cleaning out the garage today. You're tired. Tomorrow will be a better day. Across from that column at the top where it says reasonable response, you are going to write, but I really should get started. Someone had asked me today, I can answer the event. I can put in my feelings at the top. I can even put in my distorted thinking at the bottom, but I still am not coming up with logical thoughts. And their, their whole issue was, how do you come up with a logical thought if this is the way you think? And she really struggled. But thank God she's a client in my office. She's a weekly client. So I helped her to come back with thoughts. And how you do that is I have to become her negative thought. And when she heard her negative thought coming from me, oh, it was like, oh, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. It's a different response when you hear how your internal uh, negative thoughts sound when they're coming out of a human being. Hey, Bernard. He's hiding. Come here for a minute and give him something to do, y'all. He's not going to be happy with me, but stay with me. We only got a few minutes left. Hi, I am. Come in for a minute. Come and say hello to all of our soulmates. Hello, soulmates. <laughs> got to come down a little bit more. You're a little taller than me. Mm. Oh, you're going way down. All right, we'll fix this. All right, let us do a little role play for you here. And I want you to see how it sounds when your thoughts actually have a voice. You respond differently when somebody else is telling you that you shouldn't do something and you can't do something. So hearing your internal thoughts, because what I want you to do is, I'm going to go back to the paper. What I want you to do is in that second portion, analysis of your thoughts in your initial responses, that's the side that I want someone else to read for you. I want you to put a real event up there and you can choose a minor one. It doesn't have to be anything in debt so that people hear your business or you can be embarrassed by your internal thoughts, but put something up there on that side that says initial response. And then that tell them that's all they have to say line. And then you're going to make a comment. They're going to do the next line. That's it. If you want to, because you're really vulnerable, you may be embarrassed. You can even do it in front of a mirror. Okay. Let me see your comments real quick. Oh, they're busy saying hi to you. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Now oh, there goes your crystal. All right. Can you see this? You got your glasses on, right? All right. Can you see this? What you want me to read? I'm going to tell you exactly what I want you to read. Partner? Yeah, I want you to read the partner, but I want you to start right here. Uh-huh. Yes, but my wife has been nagging me and I can't get off of her. Uh-huh. She, I mean, I can't get her off my back. If I get started. Uh-huh. And then um, my job is to, wait, did we miss it? No, that was me. You were the partner. So I want you to start here. Oh. We'll go down some. All right. Yes. But your wife is a real nag and she doesn't seem to appreciate you very much. Mm -hmm. If you have a couple of beers, you won't mind so much. Mm -hmm. Why should you break your... But for her. And those are real thoughts. So I'm going to speak back to my thought now. And I'm going to say, but this is ruining our marriage. She's annoyed and we practically, did I skip it? Mm -hmm. No, I'm right. She's annoyed and we practically never have sex. Ah. Ah, your part? Yes. Well, she shouldn't have. Uh -uh, you shouldn't. 
but you shouldn't have to clean the garbage just to have sex yep. with her, with your wife. After all, you slave <clears throat> away 60 hours a week at the office, and all she does is gripe at you when you get home. Mm -hmm. You deserve better. Say it like your inside you is talking. You deserve to you. better. Yeah, getting you all pumped up, ego ah, driven. Go ahead. The garbage can wait for a, a better a day. A better day. You hear the internal thoughts? Yes. The garage, the garbage, the junk can wait for you for a better day. So find someone that can be your partner. And if you don't, then you need to get someone or just use the mirror if you can. They're laughing at you. Go ahead, Brother Charles. That's Brother Charles from Waterbury, who's oh. always cooking and inviting us. Hey. And he opened a restaurant, but we'll talk later. So you can see in this dialogue that your partner who plays the role of tempting you, who plays the role of your lazy thoughts, should try his or her best to persuade you to do nothing. Your partner should use the second person as in you statements. The second person, not the third, as in you statements. The coaches said, good job, brother Deacon B. When you talk back, you should use the first person, I. So the partner says you, and when you talk back, you speak from the position of I. If you can talk back to these tempting thoughts in a persuasive, convincing way, it will help you overcome procrastination. This is an emotional exercise, and it will help you change at the gut level. Do you hear me? It will help you change at the gut level. If you get stuck and can't think of a way to fight off these temptations of your devil's advocate, switch roles so your partner can model a more effective response for you. Remember, the steps that we're going to take you through are only for your purposes. If you are doing this exercise on your own, you can do it from in front of the mirror. Remember that you will be playing both roles when you're in the mirror. When you play the role of your devil's advocate, use the second person. When you argue with the devil's advocate, use the first person. Absolutely. This is an emotional exercise and application is key. So we're going to end it right there for tonight. I want you to get a real event on the form. And I want you to put your emotions that were attached to that event and all the negative thoughts that went with it. And then ask someone, can you just read this to me? And I'm going to give you a response from each one. Don't pay attention to my response. Don't log me. Don't judge me. This is just some um, soul work that I have to do before I get back on tomorrow. If you do not feel comfortable doing this with someone else, go ahead, Karen. She's asking Chevelle to be her partner. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. If um, you cannot or you don't feel comfortable doing this with someone else, please do it in front of the mirror, but do not skip it. Remember we talked about paying the price. Are you in? Are you committed to the process? If you are, you will highly esteem yourself and see the importance of this exercise and this application at the gut level so that I don't have to try to persuade you to do something that's for your own good. All right. I will upload the steps tonight um, for those that just don't have their own um, event to log and your thoughts to log in. And you can practice using Michael's example in the mirror. But I'm asking and, and you can probably do a two minute clip. 
If you can record it, send the recording to me. I'd love to see the recording of how you worked it out. And as a matter of fact, I had an idea from the beginning of helping us all earn soul dollars. Do you know what soul dollars are? Tell me if anyone knows what soul dollars are. Thank you, Stephen Palmer, for subscribing. God bless you. Soul dollars. Well, of course you don't know because I haven't told you about it yet. But soul dollars is something that I came up with that I wanted to start at the beginning of the teaching that it's just slipped my mind until tonight. Soul dollars are things that I will have you do and you will earn dollars for it towards gifts, um, the T-shirts, the face masks, even services. You can have money taken off of your coaching services because you'll earn these soul dollars. So, for example... I want to get us up to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. If you can get some of your friends to subscribe for each person who gets some of their friends to subscribe, we'll give you one soul dollar for each person, for each soul that you get to subscribe. We'll give you one soul dollar that will account towards services, t-shirt, mask. Um, I think we got some phone cases coming out. Um, we have masks. If you didn't check out the website, check it out. The face mask. Um, there's the one that just covers and then there's the one that covers the neck as well. And it says, love yourself. And th that has to go with the theme for this month. And all these little things that I'm going to give you to do, if you do them, you can earn soul dollars for every soul that you get to subscribe to YouTube and start adding these up to get free gifts and even life coaching services. And if you do a lot of these assignments, you can earn a lot and get a lot of stuff for free. Amen. Because January, I give out the whole teal. Everything's emptied in January. Then I work myself back up again. Amen. Tokens for goodies. Soul dollars. So I'm going to upload this example tonight. If you video yourself um, doing this technique with someone or with um, the mirror, I will. that will be worth how many soul dollars? So one sold dollar. Okay, so if they do it with two people, two sold dollars? Two sold dollars. What do you think? I was thinking five dollars. Two. What two. do you think? Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna make it worth five sold dollars. What? I'm a giver. Hey. Come on, the Holy Spirit lives in me. So five dollars, five sold dollars for everyone who's able to record themselves either in the mirror with their devil's advocate, or preferably with another human being, bringing out your negative thoughts and coming back with the logical responses. Are we in agreement? Oh, good. They said, I agree, $5. Awesome. And again, if you can get some friends to subscribe to YouTube, you give us their names, they go ahead and subscribe. You can earn a dollar for every soul that subscribe. We really want to get it up to a thousand subscriber. It makes a difference for all the works that we can do as well and the things that are open to us. But that's it. My time is done. Oh my God. There you go, Chevelle. <laughs> she said, I was tempted to be on my spiritual father's side. Yep. And you act just like him too. Karen, I love you. God bless you all tonight. Get the videos out to me. Um, what is today? Wednesday? I will give you till Friday to get it done with another person. If you're doing it in the mirror, you should better do this tomorrow um, and get it to me. But if you're going to involve your spouse or another friend or someone else in your life, I want you to, you have until Friday if you have to involve another individual and it's worth five sold dollars to you that are good for things on the website or even for some coaching services. All right. 
So we got a lot of work to do. I'm excited. Are you excited? Are you guys running from me or are you excited? Let me see the comments. You excited? Yes. Okay. I got my $5. Not yet. <laughs> I just did it. No, you didn't do the whole thing. Oh. I love you too. Amen. We have until Friday to get the video. Where was that at? She wrote that out good too. There we go. Friday is the deadline to get the videos out for five soul dollars with another human being. If you're going to send it in with you having a mirror conversation, then I need those in by tomorrow night because you're in a mirror. Who else is there? You didn't have to involve anyone else and get on their schedule. Oh, there they go. Excited, excited, excited. All right. See how much you would enjoy coaching and counseling. If you get involved in coaching and counseling, I'm telling you, therapy is not what they made it out to be. It's not sitting on a couch and somebody just very astutely sitting there repeating back to you. Is that how you feel? Is that what you think? Do you think your mother doesn't love you? Is this what you've come to believe? It's not about that at all. Cognitive behavioral therapy is an awakening to us. It brings us at the innermost part right to the front. All right. Don't procrastinate. Pastor D said, I got to post that one. Don't procrastinate soulmates. Tomorrow is the deadline. If you are the only soul involved, if you're involving another person, you have until Friday, send me your videos. You can post them on the discussion boards. I'm excited to see them. You'll be surprised what we'll do it after this. All right. My time is well spent. God bless you. Let's do it together. Let's be um, affirm and prophesy over each other. Are you ready? Ready? Go. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. God bless you tomorrow at eight o'clock. Good night. Let it Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.